live from Springfield, Ohio, it's Voices in My Head, the official podcast of Rick James. I am Rick Lee James, and you're listening to Voices in My Head. If you hear this voice today, do not turn in the window. Well, welcome back once again to a very special bonus episode of the Voices in My Head podcast. This is not uh, a regular episode at all because this is specifically to highlight the Wild Goose Festival, which is coming up June 21st through 24th in North Carolina. And you can find out more about this festival if you go to Wild Goose Festival. Dot org online. It's a really unique festival, and my guest today is Gareth Higgins, who is the uh, executive director for the Wild Goose Festival. He didn't have much time because they are very busy, but I wanted to make sure to get this podcast out before the festival. Um, there's actually two this year. There's uh, not only the one in, that which takes place in North Carolina at Chatham County, but there's also going to be a second Wild Goose Festival in the West at Benton County, Oregon, on August 31st. September 2nd. Um, the call is over a cell phone, so it's a little bit hard to hear in just a couple places because, as you know, with cell phones, whenever you're driving, uh, you can go in and out of service pretty quickly. But most of the interview, I think you're going to find is very clear. Gareth is a great guy, and he's from Northern Ireland, so he has a little bit of an accent, which makes it fun to listen to anyway. But he's also quite an accomplished writer. You can find his books on Amazon.com as well as different places that he's associated with. So I encourage you to go to wildgoosefestival.org and check out more information about this great festival. Also, you can go to Gareth's blog at godisnotelsewhere.wordpress.com and also his podcast at thefilmtalk.com. He is a, a great film critic, among other things. Well, I think you're going to enjoy what Gareth has to say on this short bonus episode of Voices in My Head. Thank you again for listening, and we'll be back with you very soon to bring you the next full episode of Voices in My Head. Blessings. My guest today on this uh, special bonus edition of Voices in My Head is Gareth Higgins. Gareth is a writer and activist for Northern Ireland from Northern Ireland who now resides in North Carolina. He's also the executive director of the Wild Goose Festival, which takes place in North Carolina June 21st through 24th. And also this year, there's a second festival added in Portland in August. You can find Garrett's blog at godisnotelsewhere.wordpress.com, and his award-winning movie podcast that he co-presents is www.thefilmtalk.com. Garrett, thank you for being with me today on Voices in My Head. Thanks for having me, Rick. Uh, I just want to quickly, uh, the listeners might not know exactly what the Wild Goose Festival is. Could you maybe just explain to us what that is today? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a justice, arts, uh, uh, music, and spirituality festival uh, inspired by Greenbelt uh, in the UK, which is a large festival near London that's been running for nearly 40 years now. And uh, Wild Goose emerged last year after quite a few years of conversation from a lot of U.S. American leaders, uh, speakers, musicians, and activists who wanted to see something like Greenbelt take place in the U.S. And what's different about it from other uh, Christian conferences and festivals is that it's very open-ended, it's very experimental, 
Uh, we try to address a wide range of issues. And a lot of people to think for themselves. Uh, the North Carolina Festival takes place on a farm. It's a camping festival, so we create a little community for four or five days uh, at the end of June. And uh, we encourage uh, public figures, sometimes quite well-known people, to be part of the community with everybody else so that uh, the, the audience members, as it were, the participants and the contributors are all treated as equal. And uh, we invite people to create that kind of community together, collapse some of the hierarchy uh, that have been typically present, particularly in the, in the religious world. Uh, and we also seek to engage and to work with and be guided by and led by uh, people who've uh, typically been marginalized by religious institutions. Hmm. Well, that's great. Now, um, I wanted to ask you quickly, because I think you probably are more familiar with this uh, because of your background than most Americans are, but why do you use the metaphor of a wild goose? So there's, there's uh, two reasons for that. One is that uh, the wild goose is the image used in Celtic spirituality to um, uh, speak for the Holy Spirit, the, the idea of the unbridled Spirit of God who leads us into new things and beats away dust and kind of it's honking and messy and uh, unpredictable. And the second reason is that because one of the board members of the festival walked into a church four or five years ago and saw a large paper mache goose, goose hanging from the ceiling and thought, ah, we should call the festival the Wild Goose Festival. <laughs> well, that's great. That's a neat metaphor. It's kind of a, and I, I had uh, one of our past guests, which is on the board for Wild Goose, Ian Cron. Uh, mm. had, had mentioned before on his his blog that he just sees it as a metaphor for the Holy Spirit and uh, mm -hmm. and just just what a beautiful way of describing the unpredictability and beauty and grace that is all there within. So uh, what a neat thing. My my good friend Brandon Sipes actually was one of the speakers last year at the mm -hmm. first Wild Goose Festival. Told me some great things about it. And um, after hearing him talk, it made me really want to go. I'm not able to go this year, but I was reading something about uh, this on USA Today. And they described the Wild Goose Festival as a venue for 20-somethings who love God but aren't thrilled with institutional Christianity. Do you think that's maybe an oversimplification, though? Because I think there's a lot more than just 20-somethings involved in this. Yeah, it's it, it, every-something. Um, there's, there's, there's people of all ages. I think the, the, uh, the oldest speaker we had last year was 80 years old, and um, we have people of all of all ages and from a variety of different backgrounds, so it's 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 not just a youth festival. Hmm. Well, that and that's good to know. I, and I when I read that in USA Today, I thought, boy, I I think that's a misnomer, and I think it really needs mm -hmm. to be cleared up that it's not just for twenty somethings. So you, you, USA Today got something wrong. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine it. Well, I'm taking this uh, next little part from the Wild Goose website. It says, the festival is rooted in the Christian tradition and therefore open to all, regardless of belief, ethnicity, gender, sexuality, denomination, or religious affiliation. And uh, when I read that and, and when I hear that, I actually get excited because it reminds me of the Lord's table and the invitation. You know, when I think about communion, it reminds me of in the Lord's Supper, how all are invited to come and partake mm -hmm. of Christ. 
And with that being said, do you think last year's festival was a success and the diversity of people who showed up, or did you feel like it was maybe just one particular type of religious person? So, you know, last year was just the start. And uh, the, the the goal, of course, is, is the beloved community. Um, but that's our goal. That's not where you start. If it was if it was where you started, it wouldn't be your goal. Right. Um, and and having it as a goal suggests that it's going to, that it's something in the future. But you got to be strategic and intentional about creating space and allowing the space to be let go of a little bit to invite other people in to help shape the space. So obviously we're dealing with a, a very divided society in the United States and a divided church, not just divided on uh, ethnic and racial and class uh, grounds, but um, on the basis of sexuality, sexual identity, uh, and people's perception and responses to, to, those, to those questions, um, divided on gender grounds, economic background, educational background, and so on. What we're really trying to do is each year build some more and learn some more. And so, you know, we had feedback last year from people about how we could do things differently. Uh, and uh, we want to continue to to listen to that. The main thing I think we can do is work hard to ensure that our lineup of speakers and musicians reflect a lot of the diversity that uh, we're promoting. And if we can't uh, expect at this point that all the audience members are going to be a fully kaleidoscopic representation of the diversity of American society. Uh, that's okay, uh, as long as we're really striving to make it possible for anybody who wants to come uh, to, to be there. And we do that in a variety of different ways. Like I say, uh, the topics we address, the speakers we in, invite, and different ways that we try to make the festival economically accessible to, to people who know you can't afford uh, to to come uh, and just the encouragement that when people come, they don't spend the whole weekend in their own tribe. They might consider spending time with someone who's very different uh, from from them, and uh, I think that's where uh, real change happens and where something becomes more than the sum of its parts. Hmm. Well, that's great. Um, now, the uh, I wondered if you could because you've been such a uh, integral part of the integral part of this for um, last year's festival and then this year's festival as well. Could you tell us maybe some highlights for you from last year and then maybe some things that you're anticipating anticipating about this coming festival? Yeah, last year, uh, the first thing about it, the last thing that happened at the festival, and that was the, uh, the, the Sunday morning worship service and and uh, community meal uh, that we had, where you had about a thousand people um, participating in a worship service that was presided over by uh, a gay Episcopal priest uh, that was uh, preached at by a Native American Christian leader and uh, that had food and opportunities for people to, to engage rather than just being told what to do. Um, and there was one lovely moment during that service when we realized a few of us were sitting up on the stage who were helping to lead the service. We realized there were some empty seats on the stage, and someone went up to the microphone and said, hey, 
if there's anyone out there in the in the congregation who wants to come and sit up here, please come on up. And what was so lovely about that was that people did come. There were lots of children and, and some adults who came and sat on the stage. And that was a brilliant example of getting beyond those hierarchies that so often uh, exist. Um, and it was a lovely liturgy and it's just an opportunity for people to uh, imagine the body of Christ in a new way um, and to, to, to wonder with, it, with a, little, a degree of a little bit of awe mm. about their future going on from the festival, how they could take this message of justice, spirituality, uh, and art home with them. That's, that's one highlight. And, uh, and, another, and the other highlight from last year I'll name is the first thing that happened uh, at the festival, and that was the night before the festival formally began. We had a little retreat for artists and musicians uh, and other contributors uh, on, on the site. And T-Bone Burnett, who uh, is uh, an Academy Award-winning uh, record producer and uh, did the music for the, the movie So Brother Where Art Thou and Crazy Heart. He's very well-known, very distinguished guy. Um, and his, his spouse, Callie Curry, who's a screenwriter and, and a film director who wrote the screenplay for Thelma and Louise, they came and helped facilitate the retreat for the artists and uh, musicians and contributors. And what I loved about that was these are people who move in often very elevated company. They would not necessarily be typically found in a tent in a field on a farm in North Carolina. Hmm. And what was happening was about 40 people, some of whom have Oscars, some of whom have Grammys, some of whom are the New York Times bestselling authors, and some of whom don't have a recording deal yet and haven't been able to get published and are just starting off in activism, were able to sit together as equals and really listen to each other. And we built a little community container uh, that saw us through the rest of the weekend. So it wasn't like other events where the artist just comes in an hour before their gig and then they leave as soon as it's over. Yeah. Uh, and that's something we're going to repeat this year. I'm looking forward to that. That's, that's a highlight uh, going, going into this year. Um, other highlights for this year's North Carolina Festival, it's hard to know where to start because we have so many great people coming to speak. Hmm. Uh, and, uh, and and perform, but um, I would say the music on the Sunday night, uh, the last night of the festival, which will be over the Rhine, David Crowder uh, and uh, Gunger, uh, that's an amazing slate uh, of music. Uh, we're going to have uh, Dave Andrews, who's a Christian anarchist from Australia, um, who has an incredibly important thing to say about a life lived among the poor um, without patronizing the poor. Uh, Fenton Harding, who counseled and wrote speeches for Martin Luther King, is returning to the festival uh, to speak about the experience of exile. And uh, In fact, the theme of the festival for this year is exile and return. And uh, yeah, Vincent is wanting to speak to what are the places that we've been exiled from God and from each other and how can we return to God and to uh, each other? Um, Al Josie Knight, uh, an African American activist and uh, teacher, is going to speak about the role that uh, women can play—mothers, daughters, sisters—in 
organization is aching for. Mm. Um, and uh, we'll continue our emphasis, our social justice emphasis, on the question of restorative justice and how can we find ways to address uh, wrongdoing in the world without retribution? How can we create mechanisms of accountability uh, for people who do wrong uh, that also help heal the victims and survivors? And there's some really interesting, provocative things happening at the festival uh, about that. And uh, along with that, another highlight is just going to be the farm itself, people milling about, getting to know each other, eating good food, enjoying the weather, we hope, um, listening to great music, uh, and being changed. Hmm. That's, that sounds awesome. I really think that's going to be another great festival this year. Tell us just a little bit. I know you've added a second festival um, in August, I believe. Maybe it's the end of August uh, into September, I think. I'm sorry I didn't have the dates correct in my head. but yeah, it's, it's Labor Day weekend, the 31st of August, the second oh, okay. of September. Very good. And, and that's in Portland this year, correct? That's correct, yeah. Um, now, is that going to be pretty much just uh, the same speakers and, and authors and different things at that one, or is this going to be kind of a completely different festival? It, it, it'll be somewhere somewhere in between. We um, we were establishing uh, a festival in Portland partly because there's a lot of demand from people on the West Coast who maybe wouldn't travel uh, to North Carolina uh, to, to come to uh, the festival here. Uh, and uh, what we're doing there is there'll be a lot of local and regional speakers and also some quite well-known people with a national profile. That festival is going to happen at a, a county fairground, so it won't be at a farm. But it will be the same kind of aesthetic music, speakers, uh, social justice activism, uh, sacred space, worship opportunities, and, um, of course, a different vibe because it's a different part of the country. There, there are different issues that come uh, to the fore. I think we're going to do a, a fair amount on uh, questions of immigration, also questions affecting the local, regional Native American population. And I'm looking forward to it. Well, that sounds great, too. And uh, it sounds like, man, if a person was able to go to both, that would be awesome. But if you have to just go to one, that's uh, (laughs) just go to the one that's closest to you, I guess. Go to the one that's closest to you, yeah. That's right. It really sounds like both of them are going to be amazing. And I heard such great things about the festival last year. And I know that the Wild Goose uh, Festival invites respectful but fearless conversation uh, for the Mm -hmm. common good. And I wonder what you would say, because it is such an inclusive festival, and I know for a lot of people um, that call themselves believers, I mean, it's uh, the sexuality thing is a, a, it's a stumbling block for some folks. And I, I wonder what you would say um, to Christians who are maybe critics of the festival's inclusiveness, who maybe think that you know this is just too far beyond them. What, what kind of words would you have to say for them that maybe are, are curious and to help them with this? Sure. So I, I, I'd say I'd say this. Um, we don't expect anybody to fully agree with anything that any of the speakers at the festival say. In fact, we're very clear uh, on our website with a statement called the Wild Goose Invitation, which is sort of a set of affirmations that, that uh, we're aspiring to, that, that you don't have to agree with all of them to come. You just have to resonate with the vision of, uh, of justice, spirituality, 
uh, an, an art. Um, but what we do want to do is say the conversation about sexuality and theology is very limited in U.S. American culture, and it's often limited to people shouting at each other. Mm. We want to create an environment in which people actually experience each other and where we no longer speak about people who were making judgments uh, regarding, but we listen to those people. We create a community together and recognize that the conversation that needs to happen about sexuality and theology is far broader than the one that's already happening in our culture. And that's the question about how everybody's sexuality is a part of their life, it's a part of their body, and therefore it's a part of their spirituality. I think um, Western Christianity has often divorced the body from the spirit. And uh, if, if you read a, a, a great writer like uh, Dallas Willard uh, and folks like that in recent years, who've been trying to restore an integrated understanding that your body and your spirit uh, uh, are at least connected to each other and that the place in which you experience God and experience life is your body, um, then our theology of sexuality is far more, has far more implications than just is it okay for gay people to get married or is it okay for people to get divorced. Uh, and so I think the conversation is really limited and has to be broadened Another aspect of that is the relationship between gender, sexuality, and violence. Mm. I think a lot of the violence in the world is related uh, to repressed sexuality, and um, I'm certainly not the first person to say that. That's a fairly uh, widely understood notion that, that particularly the violence done by men, and clearly most of the violence in the world is done by men, has some connection to repressed or unhealthily expressed uh, sexuality. Mm. So... Um, my view would be, yeah, we've got to have the conversations about the surface-level so-called controversial theological issues. It's far more important to have conversations about how we might end war, uh, about how we might love our neighbors differently, about how we might love ourselves better. Um, and I'm happy when a figure like Archbishop Desmond Tutu uh, of the Anglican Church in South Africa, the uh, amazing anti-apartheid activist, when he speaks about uh, a beloved community in which all uh, are, are welcome, in which he uh, uh, said that, that uh, God affirms everyone in the, the diversity of their human experience, hmm. I think we got a good guy um, who's able to speak into our context in Wild Goose and say, don't be, you don't need to be afraid, you don't need to feel threatened, and you don't need to agree with uh, everything that any speaker might say. We just invite you to come and be part of a respectful dialogue, uh, and uh, we endeavor to create a safe space uh, for people uh, of different opinions and different life experiences. But we're not going to avoid the conversation just because it might offend some people, or just because it might be considered controversial in our culture. There have been far too many issues that have been avoided by the church or by the dominant religious forms at different points in history that people then look back on and thought, goodness gracious, what were we doing? What were we thinking? How could we have ignored that? 
I'm, and I speak for myself. I grew up in Northern Ireland, a, a, a society that was violently divided um, by uh, an ethno-religious conflict that had some church leaders involved in promoting uh, violence and promoting violent uh, division. So I, I just home and say we in the 1960s and 1970s were doing things that I look back on and think, goodness, what what were we even thinking to say that God favored our nation or that Protestants were superior uh, to Catholics? Uh, we had to go through something like a civil war to arrive at a peace process uh, that enabled us to start respecting each other uh, as equals and looking uh, to each other as human beings. I, I want uh, the United States to avoid that kind of conflict and start talking about the issues that matter now and do it in a way uh, that reduces the possibility of violence and that increases how we humanize uh, the other in our lives. Because you find when when you start humanizing the other, uh, you might you might start humanizing yourself differently and realize your own self-respect, your own dignity, in fact, your own experience of goodness and of God in life is somewhat dependent on how you treat other people. Hmm. Well, that's a beautiful way of saying that, and I think you guys are doing some very important work, and I appreciate the way that you are welcoming uh, people from all ways of life, and I, I think that's very telling of, of the heart of Christ that I think the people who are putting this festival together have. Uh, you've been uh, awesome to be able to spend some time with me on the line today, and I know you're really busy, but I do want to make one quick recommendation to our listeners while I do have you on the line today. Uh, Gareth actually wrote a book in 2003 that was published that I had the privilege of, of reading a while back called How Movies Help Save My Soul, Finding Spiritual Fingerprints in Culturally Significant Film. And it's a really great guidebook uh, for looking at films, finding hidden spiritual truth. Uh, you can go to like Amazon and, and still find it online, as well as other books by Gareth. But I, I wanted to take a moment just to thank you for your writing. Um, I have enjoyed that. Uh, that book has meant a lot to me, and it's really changed the way that I look at films and the way that I am even looking for God in all places, including the movies I watch. So I just wanted to thank you for that while I had you on the line and recommend well, I appreciate I appreciate you saying that. You you, you may be um, you may be almost as glad as I uh, to know as I am to say that um, I have a new book on movies coming out later this year called Cinematic States, in which I I take one uh, one movie from each state uh, in the U.S. and try to write a spiritual travelogue about um, uh, the American dream. Hmm. Well, that sounds really interesting too. So, well, we'll look forward to having that book. Uh, once again, what what website can they go to to find out more about Wild the Wild Goose Festival? It's really easy. Wildgoosefestival.org. All right, wildgoosefestival.org. And Gareth and, Higgins. Uh, oh, yeah, and just, it's happening very soon. Everyone's welcome. If you can afford a ticket, you're welcome. If you can't afford a ticket, you're welcome. Just get in touch, and we'll find a way to help you be there. And um, thanks for your time today, Rick. 
Well, thank you very much, and I want to encourage listeners, if you're able to, June 21st through 24th is the first festival in North Carolina. Go to the Wild Goose website and check it out. Gareth Higgins, thank you very much for being one of the voices in my head on my podcast today. Thank you. that's it for this special bonus episode i just want to encourage you one more time like i said in the podcast that uh, you should go to the website at wildgoosefestival.org and you can find a lot more information about this it really is truly a unique festival uh it's not like other christian festivals that i think you're going to go to uh sorry if my thoughts seemed a little scattered during the interview um i'm in the middle of doing some recording today and it was kind of a a rush job for both of us, but I really wanted to make sure we got this podcast in before the festival happens in North Carolina in the, at the end of this month. So I hope you guys have a great day and enjoy the podcast. We're going to have another one to you this coming weekend with David Black, and it's going to be fantastic. Make sure you go to the website and answer the question of the week for this week. God bless, and thank you for listening again to Voices in My Head bonus episode. You've been listening to Voices in My Head the official podcast of Rick Lee James. If you'd like to know more about me, my ministry, my music, my life, go to my website at rickleejames.com. You can also download my free mobile app from iTunes and on the Android Marketplace. And I'd love this to be a community experience, so if you call 937-505-0162, you can leave feedback, you can give me suggestions for future shows. You can even record comments that I can play on the next podcast. So let's make this something really great together. 937-505-0162. Thank you so much for listening to Voices in My Head, the official Rick Lee James podcast. God bless.